Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Well, as happens every two years, specifically every odd-numbered year, about this time of year, the first Tuesday after the second Monday of the new year in January, the Texas legislature comes into session. And one of the major things that the Texas legislature has to do every two years when they come into session is pass a budget. Uh, another way of looking at that is they have to spend your money. And trust me, it's not that they, they don't do it because they have to. They do it because they want to. As we look at the Texas Comptroller Glenn Hager's announcement that just came out a couple of days ago, they actually have just this this year alone, this biennium alone, $32 extra billion sitting around. And by the time the session is done, they're looking forward into the next two-year period, biennium period. They're going to have another about about another 10 or 11 billion dollars that they can spend. So a total of about 43 billion dollars extra, probably over and above what they've been spending this past uh, this past two years. So what are they going to do with it? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this week on episode 110 of the Liberty Cafe. Hi, my name is Bill Peacock, and I am the host of the Liberty Cafe. I'm always grateful to have you here on the Liberty Cafe with me, joining me in this fight against oppression, and joining all of us joining the folks at Texas Scorecard, because we're here in this battle with them. They're the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe, and they're doing wonderful work here to fight for your liberty and your freedom and against oppression here in Texas. So let's look at the, the Texas budget. Let's look at tax cuts. Let's look at property taxes, all those kind of things. So I, I love data. You know, I, I'm kind of a nerd that way, but I love data. And so over the last week or two, about, about 10 days, there has just been a ton of data coming out, all of it from the comptroller's office, which I think has been, which is pretty important. The first thing that came out was um, the property tax numbers uh, the, the levy, the property tax levy numbers from the Texas Comptroller's Office. What they do is at the, the end of each year, they levy the, the, the amount, or they calculate the levy that we're supposed to be paying in our property taxes, which is pretty simple. They know how much value, property value is in a certain jurisdiction, whether it's a county or a city or a school district, and they get reported to them for the most part, not all Entities, districts, or cities or counties cooperate, but they get the the property tax rate reported to the comptroller's office, and so they just apply the rate to the to the value of the property and come up with a pretty close estimate of how much we're all paying for property taxes each year. And they break it down into um, special purpose districts, school districts, cities, and counties, and you can add it up and see how much property taxes has grown over the years. There, there's some some anomalies with the, the data, but I, I think it's pretty good data. And so that's just out. And the, I don't have the numbers all calculated quite yet, but I'm pretty sure that I can tell you at the end of that when I do is that this property tax cut uh, that we all voted on back in 
May, I guess it was, April, whenever the, the primaries were, that we're supposed to give property taxes from the legislature, because at least homeowners, because they expanded our property or homeowners exemptions. We, we didn't get property tax cuts. We, we, we might have gotten a little relief, but not much. Property taxes have all gone up this year. So that's number one. These are for the bills that we're paying right now that were due January 1st and are overdue by the end of January. So that was the first set of data, and that's that's pretty good. We'll talk maybe a little bit about that. The second set of data that came from the Comptor's office is uh, some data on the amount of Chapter 313 property tax abatements applications that had been processed by the Comptor's office. So basically, Chapter 313 property tax abatements are a big business and usually very big business and most often a renewable energy generator, either wind or these days more likely to be solar generator, goes to some school district and says, hey, we want to build a wind turbine or we want to build a a wind farm or a solar farm in your school district or it could be some kind of manufacturing process as well. And if you'll give us a property tax abatement, which will essentially cut our taxes in half over the next 10 years, we'll come build this here. And your school district will get a lot more money. And don't worry about the the people who have to live near these wind turbines or solar farms. All you need to focus on is you getting more money so we can build our wind farm or solar farm. And so... Uh, but fortunately, the legislature last session allowed that program to expire, and everybody just went crazy. There were more applications, according to the data on the Comptroller's website, filed for Chapter 313 tax abatements since June 1st of last year, when everybody knew that the program was going away. More, more filed during that year and a half period until the program expired a few days ago than there had been going all the way back to 2014. Everybody and their stockholders wanted to get a piece of your property tax dollars because what happens, of course, is you know they get the tax cuts, you get to continue to pay property taxes and make up for what they're not paying. So that data was up there. We probably won't talk much about this today, but it's really cool. And then most recently, just um, yesterday, Tuesday, the Texas Comptroller came out and told the Texas legislature how much money they're going to be able to, of your money, they're going to be able to spend over the next two years on state government, right? And it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. He said that if, um, you know, if the legislature doesn't spend any more in the current biennium, the current two-year budget period, and they could, because that doesn't end until uh, September 1st of this year, August 31st. But if they don't spend any more this period, they will. But but and just go next year, they'll have 188 billion dollars to spend over the next two years. And and this is just state tax and and tax related revenue fees and all those kinds of things. This doesn't include some other money that the state can get their hands on, and it doesn't include at all federal money. So this is $94 billion a year for the next two years they're going to be able to spend. If you look at the, the how much extra money that is over what they have uh, 
spent in this current two-year period, it, it, that adds up to about $43 billion surplus. So the question becomes, and, and this is what everybody's talking about, and we're going to talk a lot about it today, is what do you do with this $43 billion extra dollars? Well, if you're a politician in Texas, most likely you want to spend it. If you're a, uh, a, a politician in Texas at local government or uh, in schools, trustees, mayors, city council, county commissioners, those kind of things, you're going to want the legislature to give it to you. Right? You're going to want to get your hands on this money. But what if you're a taxpayer like me? I would just assume them not spend any more of my money. I think government's too big already. I want them to stop spending my money and give the extra back to me. You know, I'm, I'd love if government cut spending right now. That'd be great. But how about let's just go with this no new growth. That they don't spend any more money next year and the year after that than they did this year. That, that's a big start. And that's what we could do with this $44 billion surplus. That's the concept. If they don't spend any more next year than they do this year, or any more the year after that than they do this year. They have 44, $43 billion extra dollars of our dollars just lying around that they could give back to us. And that's a lot of money, but they don't really want to do that. Uh, Greg Abbott, when, back when this surplus was looking at $27 billion uh, a few months ago, he said he wanted to give half of the money back to taxpayers. So we're looking at about 13 or $14 billion. So I don't think that's enough, but you got to give Abbott credit for saying that. And let's hope he continues to push for that and push for more. But Dan Patrick was way, way below that number. He first came out with about $4 billion, and then he dropped that off to about, well, $2.5 billion for uh, homeowners. And then we'll look also to getting some more to businesses, but... You know, four billion—it seems like top for him. And then our speaker of the house, Dade Phelan, has indicated that he's interested in spending that money, if not most of that money, if not all that money, on more government. Because he's pointed out, man, there's a lot of stuff, infrastructure. And have you seen how the price of government is going up these days? We got to spend that money because inflation's making government more expensive. Well, I think Speaker Phelan has forgotten or just ignored the fact that inflation is also driving up our cost. And wouldn't it be nice of the Texas legislature to give us our money back so we could meet these increasing costs? Because the truth of the matter is, is if government's already too big, and it is, then if they spend the same amount of money next time as they did this time, and they have to deal with inflation, well, that's okay because... They might have to cut a few services here, even though it's the same amount of money because of inflation. But that's okay because government is already too big. One of the things they could cut is all this money they're giving to renewable energy companies and other businesses, corporate welfare, billions of dollars of that in there. But also a lot of the things that they do that they, they shouldn't be doing. So that's the debate going on up in Austin or here in Austin, or near here in Austin. Uh, we're out in the Texas Hill Country. 
these days. So, so how are we going to get this money back to Texas taxpayers? Well, the, the, there's two different ways, really, you can do it that are pretty simple. We don't have an income tax here in Texas for, for individuals. Businesses have a component of income tax, but individuals don't. So they can't just give us tax refunds that way. So there's really two different ways. One is they can cut sales taxes. And, and that's a perfectly legitimate, and it's actually the easiest way to do it. You just cut sales taxes. Instead, right now, the state, you know, most of us pay eight and a quarter percent sales tax when we go buy something at the store. The state gets 6.25% of that. And so they could just cut that rate. They could, and I haven't done the numbers, they could cut it down to five and a quarter percent, something like that, so that the money that the state would be getting from that drops. And let's just say, you know, over the next two years, they have 43 billion extra dollars. It's a simple math problem. The, the legislature tells the comptroller to drop the tax rate to an amount that would reduce our sales taxes over the next two years by $43 billion. And then they just use a surplus to take, to fill in the gap. And so government doesn't grow at all. Matter of fact, taxes stay, taxes drop way down. The amount of money going into government stays level. And we're in really good shape. Now, I, I, that's the easiest, simple way, and I would normally favor that, except for the problem of property taxes. Property taxes are just going out of control, whereas at least the sales tax stays at the same rate. Uh, schools and counties and cities and special purpose districts are constantly raising the, not just the revenue, but the rates on that. And, and they, you know, it's not just the growing economy. They raise the rates so they can get more money, or they lower the rates, but not as much as the property value. So they're constantly assessing and getting those rates up. So I think right now, eliminating, reducing property taxes is more important than having uh, you know, a, a one-time lowering of the sales tax. Or maybe you could make it permanent as well. So property taxes. So how do we do that? Well, I'm working with Don Huffines at the Huffines Liberty foundation. And if you followed him during his gubernatorial campaign and his time in the Texas Senate, property taxes was something that is very important to him, reducing those or eliminating them entirely. And so we're working together at the Huffines Liberty Foundation to come up with a plan for eliminating not all the property taxes at this point in time, because it's a lot of money. For instance, if, if you look at the total levy based on this new fancy data from the Comptroller's office this year, he, they're estimating that it's $81 billion in property taxes that Texans paid this, this year. They're paying right now, paid for the year, tax year 2022. But if you get it down to school property taxes, and even a little bit lower than that, to school maintenance and operation property taxes, the number becomes more manageable. Um, school property taxes overall are, are about $44 billion this year. But if you, if that's two parts. It's maintenance operations, just what they're paying to operate the schools and pay the teachers and the janitors and, you know, operate the, you know, pay your electric bills and those kind of things. And then a, another part of it is about 20% of it is what's called the INS, 
interest and sinking fund. And that's what they use to pay off debt. So it's a little more challenging. You can do it, but it's a little more challenging to, to pay off, deal with the INS, the sinking fund part, to pay off the debt. So what we're proposing is to leave all this, all that alone right now and just go after the, uh, the money that is in there for the um, maintenance and operations. And, and that brings us, that gets us to about $36 billion or so. So that's a manageable number that we can deal with. Now, it's, it's interesting because our actually budget surplus this go around is actually about $43 billion, like I mentioned already. But it's not like we could get rid of the property tax just overnight. I mean, we could actually get rid of it for one year, and nobody would pay property taxes to school districts, MO taxes to school districts for the next year. But then this is not a recurring surplus. I, I, I estimate about 33 or $4 billion of that is a one-time deal because of, you know, we had the COVID slowdown and then we had the COVID rebound. And then we had a bunch of federal funds that came into play and those kind of things. So that's why we have this huge $32 billion surplus right now. It's not going to be like that in the future. So rather than do that, we, we can use that current surplus. And we, along with a lot of other people, are suggesting that the surplus, um, the 100% of this current surplus be used to buy down property taxes. And then going forward, we essentially limit the growth of government by a certain percent. And then revenue is going to continue to grow because the economy grows. And then we use the delta in between the, the restrained growth in spending and the economic growth and use that the, the difference in between there to further buy down property taxes. And th this is the kind of strange thing. The magic formula, the magic way to get rid of property taxes is for your elected officials, politicians in this state to exercise fiscal discipline. Now, I know that's kind of a radical concept for a lot of, uh, for liberals, for certainly, but even for a lot of all politicians, a lot of Republicans even, it's just hard. They, they get money, they want to spend it because everybody's coming to Austin and wanting money from them. And even sometimes Republicans are going up there asking for money. And, and so it makes it really hard for them. And then some of them don't really care. They want to spend your money anyway, and they're just looking for ways to try and make sure that you don't know it. Like I'm engaged right now with some conversations with folks I've worked with for a long time, all smart, knowledgeable people, been doing this for a long time, just like I have. And we're having a bit of a challenge working through all these numbers because they make it so complicated. And again, they make it complicated because it's easier to hide how much of your money they're spending. But we're going to get to the bottom of this. And our paper from the Huffines Foundation that's going to come out probably next week is going to show that we can do this and do it well. Depending on what the spending growth is, if, if we just say zero spending growth, we can probably eliminate the property tax in about the school MO property tax in about five years. If we let them grow uh, the government by 2% annually, which I'd prefer not to, but it's better than what they've been doing lately, 
that we could still get rid of the uh, MO property tax in about nine years. Just think about that. Without any new taxes being implemented, if they just exercise fiscal restraint, we can totally eliminate our school MO property taxes. That would be a, a, a tax saving this year of, uh, or according to current rates, as I already mentioned to you, of about $36 billion, a $36 billion tax cut when it comes to school property taxes. And of course, school property taxes are going up. So in, in, in a few years, basically, we're, we're having a situation where property taxes, school property taxes can either go to zero or they're going to be pushing up to close to sixty billion dollars. That that's kind of the um, that that's kind of the the trade-off that we're looking at here. So, what do we do about this? Well, go talk to your legislators, legislators, write them, call them, come to Austin, go talk to them, testify at committee hearings because it's it can be done, and it can be done easily in the sense that it's, it's really simple spend less money or you don't even have to spend less money just don't spend don't allow spending to grow as fast as it has been keep it level or almost level and our school maintenance and operation taxes can go away in as little as five years all right well thank you very much for being with me today on the liberty cafe it's great to have you with me as it always is and I just think it's worth us thinking about this, the simplicity of, of how things can really go if we take all the complexity out that the government and unbelievers and liberals try and throw at us and just look at the simplicity of, of how simply and how easily things can happen and good things can happen if we just work hard and pray to God to make them happen. His will be done. And also thanks to our good friends at Texas Scorecard for sponsoring the Liberty Cafe. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate this show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.